Hello and welcome to Speaking Out Mental Health and Football. I'm your host, Callum Archibald. In this episode, we'll be speaking with Gareth Pegg. Gareth is the chairman of Brecon Northcote Football Club. He's been open about his own mental health and the club is a community club with a focus on inclusion. Yeah, um, my name's Gareth Pegg and um, role at the club is uh, chairman, uh, youth team manager and um, yeah, I'm 30, 37 now so I, I still try and occasionally uh, play but um, yeah, that's a bit of a rare one. Um, so how did you actually first get involved with the club then? Uh, with with Northcote, it was um, uh, I moved up to Brecon about about five years ago, and um, and I'd been out of football for about fifteen years since I was about twenty one, and then um, just needed to get back into um, into grassroots football really and support support a local grassroots team, and um, so yeah, Brecon Brecon was um, Brecon Northcote was a bit of a family kind of community club so um so yeah i just spoke to, to tony the um the manager the head coach and uh just started getting involved really my wife my wife sponsored the um the reserve team then and now the first team and um just started training helping out in any way i could really with the club and then um yeah after after a year then i was i was made chairman and um and then just just started to help I started getting my um, coaching qualifications now, and, and just just general helping of running the club, really keeping it going, signing new players, and um, trying to promote the club. Yeah, and um, what level is the club operating at? If you don't mind me asking, uh, the seniors first team play in Mid Wales Division Two. Um, last season we finished third, and then the reserve team plays in the Mid Wales South Leagues. Right, so. Probably quite a big job then, actually being chairman. Yeah, it seems to. Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite. There's always always something to do. So, uh, yeah, seems to uh, keep me pretty busy when yeah. uh, when I'm not in work. Yeah. So, in terms of working in a football club, you've done a, a few different roles then. But what what's your kind of general experience of kind of. Um, stress versus enjoyment of kind of working in a football club environment um what 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 do you mean there as in the so um kind of obviously this kind of you got the pressures of working in that in terms of you got to you got players to deal with being a chairman yeah. you've got bringing people in but obviously it's it's football it's something that everybody kind of really enjoys but one thing that I'm kind of looking to explore more is that that boundary between kind of recreational football mm-hmm. and as you kind of go up through the levels and it becomes more organised, kind of the pressures that comes with it being more of a job, if you if you get what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, there's quite. It's like 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 we always we always hashtag on. on um, on Twitter, we we call it you know the Northcote family. So it is um, that is how I look at it really as a club. It is like a family, and there's um, there's always going to be fallings out, and there's always going to be things out of balance. So um, yeah, it, it is it is trying to find find a good balance between 
uh, yeah, ability and, and commitment. You know, you, you kind of want to honour both. Um, it isn't all about just ability at the football club. Uh, you know, the, you know, commitment uh, and attitude is um, probably more important for me uh, than than skill. You know, yeah, and um, and and yeah, and, and trying to find a balance between that is is um, is the difficult part, really. Yeah, um... And, um, yeah, and, and and also not putting too much pressure on on, on some of the younger lads. You know, it's um, football is is you know it's. I mean, for for me anyway, the main purpose of football is is to enjoy it, to have fun, to get something out of it. Um, yeah, it's not a case of win at all costs. You know. Yeah, um, and just with kind of regards to mental health. It, What's your kind of? Because I know we discussed this kind of briefly. Yeah. Um, but what's your kind of experience of mental health and football, and how um, often have you seen that and that kind of thing? Yeah, I've I've kind of pushed. Uh, yeah, I've kind of um, the link was quite um, for me anyway. I, I'm um, a recovering alcoholic. I, I've been five years sober now and and I, I've been diagnosed with some severe mental health issues and um, and something that was constant um, throughout my recovery was was football whether it was watching it trying to get involved in it anything it, it was just it gives you that that break away um, and that you know for that 90 minutes you are you are present you know you're, you're not you're not thinking about stuff it, it does give you that that re- relief um, playing football and being part of football, and um, and it's always been a constant throughout my life. Um, however bad things got, there was still three o'clock Saturday. There's still football, so so it's um, for me it's it's it, it's a religion and um, and a constant in my life. So um, so we you know offering that to other people um, and the benefits of actual physical activity playing football um you know to keep to, to to keep people mentally strong is um is something that's important you know and um and offering that kind of you know that 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 family kind of network as a club that we offer to players that 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 might be struggling um and and especially in in a, in a kind of lads environment it it's good to um to offer that that little bit of support and 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 let them know that it is all right to struggle, you know. And um, and and then football and the club will always be there for you, however bad it gets. Yeah, and I, I guess it's quite really positive to have kind of you as a chairman who is, you know, has had mental health problems to kind of lead from the top. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like to uh, to preach about it too much, but. Um, yeah, it is. It is something that, yeah, it needs to be there. And um, I, you know, I went on. A, I mean, I was always working as in hospitality as a chef mainly. And um, and then when I got when I got sober and I got to a place where my mental health was stable, I um, I ended up getting qualified as a um, as a counsellor, as a person centred counsellor, and. Um, and now I work as a community support worker for Mind, and um, and as a counsellor in high school. But um, so, 
that um so so I have yeah I have purposely linked the two we we sponsor we sponsor the the kit and and we've got some hoardings at the ground for um for mind bracken mind and um and a lot of the lads have kind of um you know, from that they they they've actually come into mind or, or seek some 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 mental health um professionals for um for therapies or for talking therapies whatever they've um they've needed and it's um I think it's worked. I think it's worked to break down that that stigma, you know, for um, to see it on our football shirts is, um, yeah, yeah, it makes me feel really proud. Like, and, and I hope it, um, I hope it does drop drop the stigma and um, and it does offer the lad somewhere somewhere to go and somewhere to talk to, whether it's the football club or whether it is, you know, mind or or other counselling avenues. Yeah, that that's really positive. Um, so just picking up on that then. Because obviously you're talking about the link between um, Breck and Mind as well. Is there kind of an official line of communication for people um, at the club who might be suffering with mental health problems? Or yeah, we've got. I mean, when when there is an issue, um, we, we've always had an open door policy with with the head coach Tony and and with me. It's just like if if you know if things are getting too much, if you've got a pro, you know. Just, just come over. Just come and have a chat. Come and have a cup of tea, and um, we'll sort out whether it's something that you know, a little bit of a chat between each other will um, will sort, or whether it goes further and we say, oh, maybe you should go and see your doctor, or maybe you should you should pop into mind and see someone." Um, so yeah, offer, offer, offering the players somewhere where they can go and come and just chat, just get stuff off their chest, and just explore what's going on for them is. Um, it's something that we take really seriously, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you can get your, you know, players are always going to get physical injuries, and, and you know, they go to the doctors, they get it sorted. But you know, I think what's more important is if you're um, if you're suffering mentally, like I want that, want that place where you can go and get support. You know. Yeah. That that's another side of it, though. Um, kind of physical injuries. If somebody gets injured and is out for a while if football is kind of like you were saying if it's your religion and it's your outlet if you then can't be involved in the same way that that has an impact too obviously yeah it does it's um yeah i i think it's um it, it's actually something that plays on my mind you know at 37 i'm not getting any younger and and, and i do worry about about uh, you know I'm not going to play forever, but you know the coaching side is something you know it, it is like a drug to me. I have to keep going in any you know even if I'm running the line, it's um, yeah, it, it got to keep going. And we've got a few players that have um, dropped out. I think so someone broke their leg last year. Another lad's got um, quite a severe injury to his leg and might not be able to play again. And and we're we're we're, we're keeping them at that at the club and. Um, and keeping them involved in football in any way that we can, just so that it doesn't, it doesn't go away, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really important, kind of what you're saying there, keeping them involved um, mm. in that environment, because the the message that you kind of get from a lot of people is when people are injured, it's isolation, it's kind of losing that inclusion in a team environment of being, even if you're like you're saying, if you're running the line, if you're just involved in some way, you're still a part of that environment with the people that you've built these relationships with yeah yeah absolutely i mean we've got um 
even training sessions when lads when lads are injured or not feeling up to it or anything, we still just say just just come to training, just sit on the sidelines, you know, and um and watch the training session or have an hour with us. Just yeah, just 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 keep coming, however bad you're feeling, you know. Um, yeah, just 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 keep going with it, you know. We're we're uh, yeah, we're all in it together, you know. So yeah, um, do you think kind of as you go up further up the ladder do you think it gets tougher to implement these kind of things or do you think it's just that more work needs to be done in that regard um yeah it's a really good question um i think yeah i think as as you go further up the ladder i, I think I, I think yeah i think with a lot of a lot of clubs greed might take over a little bit and um and i think you, you take your eye off off the ball a little bit you know and then realize yeah I, I my fear would be people kind of forget about what were we involved in this or you know we're, we're involved this football club is about is about support family support yeah it's great getting the odd win etc but um yeah i think i think further up the ladder i, I I'd, I'd get a bit more worry and i think think it needs to be um yeah it needs to be continued throughout the kind of the, the, the mental health support and the family support and, and not get too carried away with with results and getting too big for our boots really um you know and i don't mean that just about breck and north Coast. i mean it about any football club you know you you, you might get a bit sidetracked by the um hey i'm getting paid to play football here and you know stuff like that or i'm getting sponsored here and um yeah, I think it's important not to forget that um, what you did it for in the first place, and and to try and try to remain as humble as you can, really, and um, uh, yeah, not not get carried away. You know, remember that you're still, you know, you're still human. However good you get at football, and however much you're paid at football, you're um, you're still going to uh, you're still going to have these uh, problems that might catch up with you one day. Yeah, there's an interesting point because. Obviously, a lot of football is very short-term now. It's quite common for players, coaches, managers to be at a club for probably no more than a couple of seasons, the, the further up the ladder yeah. you go. And it's just it's very short-term, isn't it? So maybe you, you lose a bit of that um, forgetting that that's an individual person or that your teammates are individual people, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think absolutely, and, and 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 something that worries me, you know, away from Brecon now, just on a professional level, um, I think a withdrawal from football, you know, I, I might be a bit out there in my opinion, but a withdrawal from football needs to be taken very serious because you hit you hit the height of a you know as a professional footballer, and um, you know you've got everything you've you've, you've got the fast cars the money the women everything and and that buzz that that these professionals are getting on a saturday afternoon must be must be unreal you know i i you know i've heard it described to me as you know it's better than drugs better than sex so they're going to have that full force for maybe 5 6 years if they're lucky but then come you know hitting the mid 30s that's that's taken away from you and um and you're never going to feel that high again. So, um, so it, it, it's not a surprise that ex-professionals, if they don't keep in the game or they don't keep occupied, that um, that, that that they will crash. And, and and it does happen. You know, there's a lot of ex-professionals that are victims of um, 
mental health issues and um, drug and alcohol abuse, you know. Yeah. Um, there's the other side as well, isn't there, of course, the kind of the younger players that maybe don't quite make the grade if they've been in the academy and they might... I mean, it's probably possible that you've had some come through your club players that were at an academy and then they've not yeah. quite hit that height. And that that's another, like you're saying, with withdrawal there. That's that kind of withdrawal yeah. at such an early age. That that is yeah that that's very true. I'm someone that I'm not, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of how academies work. You know they they seem to just pick a massive pool of players and then just you know cut off about you know ninety percent of those players because um you know because they because they haven't made the grade. But um yeah yeah it it it, it seems. Yeah, academies seem to be too much, too much pressure for kids. You know, it's it's. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, after if if you're not making the cut of an academy, I think it is, it is important to realise now this isn't a failure. This is just, this is just one knockback on your, um, you know, on your on your ladder to to becoming a professional footballer or, or you know high level footballer. It's. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think there, there needs to be a lot, lot of care around. I, I think it's the academy's responsibility actually to um, to be sure the players are are emotionally okay after after not making the grade with them. You know. Yeah, and um, from the impression I get, there's more work needs to be done in that regard. Not just in a kind of making sure they're okay emotionally, but making sure that they are aware of alternative career options. Oh, to, yeah. I was going to say that actually. Yeah, the. Um, there should be something along the lines of, you know, I'm sorry you haven't made it at this club, but these are your options now. Don't look at this as the end. Don't look at this as a failure. Look at this as, you know, this just isn't for you at this present moment, you know. Yeah, and, it, and um, not just within football as well, but there's lots of different varieties of roles that you can go into. You, I mean, a lot of the players that get released from academies are still at the age where they're able to go to university and do a whole host of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, you know, obviously that opens up the door for for playing playing football at university level, which is um, which is a pretty good standard nowadays as well. Yeah. Um, so, just to bring it back to kind of um, Brecon as well, um, what are your kind of future plans with the club? Um, with the club, we're hoping to look at. Um, Keeping going as we are with the senior, uh, senior reserve and um, youth setup, but but now we're looking to we're looking for more. We're looking to grow the club. Um, we're looking to bring in integrated sports. Um, we're looking to bring in a women's club as well, a women's football club, and um, and start developing probably under 16s to under 8s so start developing a um a junior section um because there's it's a little bit tricky at the moment in Brecky because there's 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 three clubs Brecon Town which is under 16s us Brecon Northcote and then um Brecon Quarries who they I think they've only just got a senior team and they play they play in the South Wales league um but they they don't have much of a setup with um, community football or junior football or youth football. So um, so we're looking to, to to fill those voids really, so that we can play. Um, yeah, and and you know even things like walking football. So we want to try and get you know as many people involved in playing football as possible. Is is, is basically um, 
is basically our plans for the future. Yeah, um, that that's one day saying walking football. You're saying you might not be playing football forever, but mm. walking football is something that's accessible for people of all ages. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is that is kind of how, how we want to look at things as a club. Is just whatever your ability, whatever your condition, and you know, whatever your gender, whatever your race, just just come and play football with us, you know. Um, yeah, that that is pretty much something that, that we do push at the club, and um, and and we've also got. I mean, I, th- I think there's about uh, it's only happened in the last two or three months. Um, the club um, we're, we're trying to get as many coaches qualified as possible as well. So um, so we've got you know football leaders courses and the FAWC certificate courses that um, that a lot of the players or all the players are. Um, are doing through the club as well yeah so do you think kind of from your own personal experience that that's kind of what helps you establish these sort of community links and stuff because it's the sort of stuff that you you realize will help other people it might help somebody who is going through something similar to what you went through yeah i think that is i think that is kind of uh yeah a bit of a bit of an unconscious motivation of mine is um yeah getting uh getting as many people involved in football and you know football might not be everyone's cup of tea but um but it's 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 helped me so much and it still is it is it still is helping me so much so um yeah i think there is a little bit of uh motivation in me there to um to realize yeah how how um how important it was for me and, and hopefully other people can get that out of the game and out of playing grassroots football themselves, you know. And and it was it was a big goal for me as well. It was I know I'm I'm better and I'm recovered as soon as I can start playing football again at a decent level, you know, that, that it was um yeah, it, it, it was an aim, it was a good goal set, you know. It took about seventeen, eighteen years, but you know, it, it was um yeah, it, it was something that just kept me going, you know. Yeah, and do you have any kind of personal goals for the future? Uh, for myself or for the club? For both. You can go one then the other if you like. Both. Um, myself? Um, no, I, I think I'm kind of... I, I feel in a, in a kind of content place um, right now, so I'm not... I'm kind of, I'm kind of not, not really set in any goals now I'm kind of just just focusing on the club um growing the club and um and just keeping that going whatever uh whatever means possible really um and and goals for the club is is like we've touched upon before really just just getting as many people you know as many people in the community involved um even down to you know we've got two great tea ladies who are just you know they raise so much money for the club by just just you know taking taking uh, money at the games and, and making the teas and coffees and um, and stuff like that. It's um, so yeah yeah so just, so just growing the club is more of a community and, and just getting getting more people signed on, more people involved with the club, and um, and and just having it as a real hub for the community, you know. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Um, you, that's kind of what you always hear as well, isn't it? People will highlight things like if everybody feels involved as part of a community, people always say that's a fantastic club that's doing brilliantly. So I, I 
kind of resonate with that message. Yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, we, we've got some really talented players, like you know, and um, and players that are part of academies and um, or have been part of academies. But um, yeah, that, that that's not what's important. You know, we could go out hunting, every, you know, every week for players like that and just fill the club with that. But but that's not what the club's about. It's um, it's great to have those kind of players, and it's great that they want to play for us. But um, but it's it's more about yeah, getting people down the ground, getting people involved more than uh, more than the actual ability, really. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, is there anything else, kind of, from your point of view that you'd you'd want to say? Um, no, I, I think we pretty much covered it. It was um, yeah, I think I, I think. The biggest thing was more just to highlight the kind of, you know, I, I, I think football can really help, especially football, with, with, with dropping that, that, that stigma about mental health, you know. And um, and actually seeing the EFL teams with mind sponsorship on their um, on their shirts now, it's, it's great to see, you know. I think that'll, that'll, that'll highlight it even more and drop the stigma even more. Um, I think it's a great move by the EFL to get Mind involved and um, and for Mind to be involved and uh, yeah yeah it's it's not just I think people's people's perception of football is is uh, sometimes yeah they just think it's lads having a kick about but you know it's not it's it's a lot more than that you know that's it yeah I mean the statistics say everything don't they really and with football being kind of the biggest sport and such massive numbers of participation in grassroots football that's it i think the message that you're sending out and the associations that you've got are really positive and that's kind of where everything tends to start down at the grassroots level and it's good to see like you say it's filtering through and the efl have done this and it's positive that you've got it happening outside of any kind of mental health awareness week it's not just a thing to be done for a week it's it's an ongoing thing yeah and we always do a um a boxing day game kind of firsts versus reserves and um and we raised I think we raised about two hundred and fifty pounds last year for um for mind, for Breck and Mind and um so every boxing day now is tradition to have the um the Breck and North Cup Boxing Day mind match which um yeah which is really nice and, and people were so generous this year. It was the first time we did it this this Christmas and um yeah it was just yeah it was great to see people turn up and supporting that, you know and um I think ten years ago, I think you know, I think people would be a bit standoffish about, oh, what's what's, what's going on here? Mental health and football—that's not right. But yeah, I, I feel like it's changed loads now, and um, and mental health has become a lot more accessible now. And um, and I think people are talking about it. they're not as embarrassed as they were before, you know. And I think there's a lot more understanding coming about in mental health. I would like to thank Gareth for speaking there. It's interesting to hear about an open-door policy, the partnership with Mind and community values. That concludes this episode, and I'd like to thank you for listening. If you can share, subscribe, and review the podcast, it all helps. You can follow us on Twitter at out underscore pod, that's O-U-T underscore P-O-D, and you've been listening to Speaking Out, Mental Health and Football.